Hello and welcome back to the ME7 podcast. As you can see to the man, the right of me, he made 100 appearances for the Jills, four on a loan spell, and then 96 across a three-year spell across the Jills. But we cannot forget, can we? He added, during that three-year spell, a League Two title-winning medal. Today, we're joined by title-winning midfielder Charlie Lee. Charlie, how are you, mate? Really well, thank you. Really, yeah, good. really. Good, 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 good. Um, yeah, Charlie, we were obviously messaging during the week and 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 arranging times, and it was difficult because obviously you're out in Australia now. But it's amazing to get you on. But yeah, you obviously I mentioned to you during the week that yeah, it's, it's ten years um, this year that you've won the title, and you you couldn't believe it. It's I can't believe how quickly it's gone. It still feels like last week. I'm not I can remember. The whole lot, the whole season, incredible time in my life and my family's life. We, we literally loved it. And it's a, it's a season that I know everyone involved with, fans, players, staff, will, will always remember because it was just one of those weird seasons out of nowhere that just was unbelievable. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. We're going to get on to that. But yeah, let's let's go back to, to 2010 then because, um, yeah, you and, you and your mate, your mate Welkdale rocked up from from Peterborough on loan, and we thought, "Oh my God!" Like, who are these two superstars? Um, because you hit you hit the ground running. Um, it was a fantastic. Like, it was four games, but it was four games far too short. Um, yeah, tell us how the move sort of initially come about in 2010. Well, it 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 come out of nowhere really because I was having a really good time at Peterborough. Me and Chris both were. It was going really well. Then we'd had. We struggled in the championship, the whole team, and we we got a new new manager in Gary Johnson, and he really he wanted to make a fresh start. So a lot of the players that Darren Ferguson had brought in, he wanted to start moving on, trying to go a new way, which no problem. We started the season, played quite a lot of games, and then it was like it was getting to a point where I was on the bench a lot, and I thought this isn't really what I like. So I like playing football. So I asked to go on loan and the first thing they said, you can go on loan, but you can't go to a League One club. I had a couple of League One clubs in for me. So then we literally just put it out, said, let's go out on loan. I don't care where it is. There's some good leagues. And Hess got straight in contact and said, we'll take both of you 100%. And we spoke to him and he was brilliant. And a lot of people said it might not be the best loan move you can get. You can get someone a bit higher up the league. But I was like, no, listen, they really want me. The manager wants me. He's a great guy. And I just want to play football. And I, we both had it in our minds that when we looked, we had this amazing, not amazing, incredible record of not not winning away for so long. And we both looked and said, we're going there and we're going to win away. We're going to do, change that straight away. We had something, we set our minds to it. And, and I think, yeah, the first, excluding the first home game where, I think Callum got sent off in the first minute of my debut for a Jules. The, the next away game was offered and we, and we won one nil, and it was a it was a great little spell. And so I tried to stay after, but I got recalled by Peterborough. Yeah, did you did that first day when you when you sort of went through that Priestfield door? Did you did you ever think that it was going to turn out the way the way it did across the next four years? I did. I I yeah. went into uh, Jules. I knew there was good players in that team. 
they were underachieving. That they had mm. some good Odie uh, players. I knew Barchi, Andy Barchum. There was, and you just thought this team is way too good to be doing. Yeah, Bayo up top, and you just thought, well, there's no way we're not going to win games here, especially with the confidence that me and Chris had had. We'd had really good seasons. Get, we'd had a couple of promotions. It just, we just thought this is going to be. And then after during the month, it was like, I want to stay here. Yeah. Yes. Try said to me, look, I want you to stay. And if you're available at the end of the season, we'd love to get something done, maybe. And I was like, do you know what? If I went and luckily at the end of the season, Crawley come in and bid for me. Um, they come in and bid for me. And I was like, listen, if I'm going anywhere, I'd like to go Jules. And, Jules, yeah. they, and he made it happen. And the first season we come back wasn't, probably wasn't where we wanted to be but there was a lot of turnovers it was a bit harsh on the manager really because big changeovers and then yeah mm. and then Martin Allen comes in the rest is history <laughs> yeah I mean like yeah just going back to the yeah because we had a couple of mad results during that during that sort of loan spell that you had with with Welks that we obviously beat Oxford then we went on the Tuesday night and won again at Barnet um and you scored I'm pretty sure you yeah. scored at Barnet <laughs> Yeah, I think um, we both. Yeah, I think you both scored. Um, yeah. And I, I remember sort of being in. I, I was in both both the crowds that uh, both at Oxford and Barnet, and and that sense of feeling from the from the fan base was we have got two just championship quality players here that are just streets and levels above what we are, what we've got in this current group. Did you did you feel that from the fan base that you were just immediately taken to? By the fans straight away. Yeah, because I remember it was about that sort of, that sort of time really that social media was having a much more bigger impact. So for the first time in my career, you started it, social media was becoming bigger and fans were being able to tell you, and it was really good time. And we gave every I just bought into it straight away. We we, we was there to win games. I like I've never really I've had frustration with our players in future. In, since then, where they've come on loan and probably not wanting to buy into the way I really care about winning, I just thought I'm here. If I'm winning games, it's going to be better for me. So, and the, the players were brilliant. They embraced us, and and yeah, and to be honest, we did play really well for four games. We we uh, made a big difference. So that that does help when you go on loan. You want to make a difference. Yeah, obviously, like you said uh, earlier, that uh, 2011 come around. You it comes to the end of the season. Um, and there was rumours sort of flying around that you and Welt were coming back and, and whatever else. Um, and then, yeah, bang, you, 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 you threw the door, both of you. Um, mm. And I'm pretty sure you got announced. It was either together or it was on the same day. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just, it was amazing to have you sort of both in the building. It was, it was brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah, tell us sort of how, how that move came about. I know you, I know you said that there's only one place that you were going to go, which was Jill's, but. Yeah, was the conversation just simple of Peterborough didn't want you anymore and it and, and Hess was like, right, we're having you back. Yes, obviously it had been a really good spell. And when I went back to Peterborough, I ended up playing every game to the end of the season. We got promoted again. So I, I literally I played then we got promoted up. It was an unbelievable season because I had a great loan spell. Then we got promoted. And during that, in the end of the season, we got back up to the championship and the manager was like, listen, you're really good player both of you are great players but I feel like if we want to have a real go in the championship now we have to make some changes and at this point Crawley had already put a bid in 
and so at the time Crawley had just come up from the league they had loads of money just come into league two and to be honest I wasn't really sure about it I didn't really like it was, it, was Evans the manager then was yeah it, Evans yeah. Was the manager it just didn't seem right for me and at that time I didn't think Gillingham it was a possibility it, it seemed like it weren't going to happen so we look we was looking for other teams I spoke to a few good teams in League One who didn't want to couldn't get anything done with money that Peter were asking and stuff like that. And then out of nowhere, we got a call from Hess and he was like, listen, I think we can make this happen. Are you willing to drop down? Because at the time, I still had a year left in the championship and I was making the drop down to League Two. But if I was going to drop down to League Two, it would have only been for Gillingham because I knew I liked it there. I loved the facilities, believe it or not. I loved being at the stadium. It was <laughs> So I, I knew that I'd be moving back to where back to where I was growing up, where my family was living and it just seemed like a really good fit and once we knew it was it was done, I, I couldn't wait to get it through the door. Was was Welch sort of the same opinion then? Was he or was he a bit of a bit of a, a tough bargain? No, no. Welch was up for it because again, like it we'd had four years of playing non stop football. I'd literally been in the team the whole time and the only spell I'd spent out of the team, I went to Jill's and played so yeah. we was like well I'm not going to sit I know it's great being in the championship again but I'm not going to sit there on the bench every week or out of the squad so it was a no-brainer and I think when we thought that we'd go together we got on really well we'd signed for Peter at the same time and it probably made it easier knowing that we'd be in the car school together traveling down and yeah and I loved and, and I loved Hess Hess was class so yeah time for him yeah, was you surprised that you said about obviously going back to Peterborough, you got that promotion. Um, was you surprised that coming into the season that it was a case of like, yeah, don't like Rutland Championship, don't really want you anymore, considering you played every single game for the promotion? You'd thought, you'd thought surely you'd be given somewhat of a crack at it. Yeah, I, I think if I'd have stayed there, I would have. I, the manager still liked me, and but it got a bit. It got a bit with the everyone like Barry Fry. It, it got a bit. I didn't really like the way I was treated after. I was told at the promotion party that there'd been a bid and they're going to accept it, and I was like, oh, I didn't really like that. Yeah. I felt it, and I felt, later found out the manager had no idea about this. So, I like she found out about two weeks later. The manager didn't even know, but um, they obviously thought that they could get probably someone in better than me and. I was one of the players, like I think it was about four or five, but I was one of the players who had interest of people willing to, to get me there. So they got me for free and they was going to get some money for me and maybe easier for everyone else. And it ended up being a really good move. So I've got no regrets at all. Yeah, obviously 2011, you you mentioned earlier that it was it was a weird season. Very, very weird. We'd like, we'd go and be beaten 7-4, but then we'd win 6-0. Then, obviously, then we had the 5-4 game that you you just incredible in. Um, that 5-4 was a ridiculous game against Hereford. Um, mm. And, and yeah, it was a crazy season, wasn't it? it? But we scored so many goals, but we just couldn't defend, could we? No, it, I, I felt bad. We, the players let us down that season because... We had a good squad, but I still think, unfortunately, there was a few players that in the team that 
knew that this was going to be their last season there. There'd right. been a bit of a change around we brought in. And unfortunately, we had a squad of maybe 20 or 18. And there was only probably 12 that Hess really trusted and wanted to play. So it was an, he'd done really well in the end. And we should have made the playoffs. It yeah. was or just poor defending mistakes. And we had so much threat going forward. But, yeah, as you say, we let in too many goals. And we, we would have been the sort of team that season, if we'd have made the playoffs, we'd have had a right go because we could score against anyone, any time. Yeah. But, and obviously, Hess probably, in my opinion, deserved to be there next season because he'd already put it into practice, getting ready for the next people to come in to have the squad that he really wanted. Yeah. And, he didn't really get that, but as I say, he ended up being the owner, the chairman, everyone who made the decision to to replace him. It obviously worked out really well for for Gillingham. Yeah, because yeah, let's 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 like highlight a, a couple of games that year. Like, I mean, Hereford, Hereford must have absolutely hated us because like we <laughs> went and smashed them. We went and we went and smashed them at their place, um, and then the. The game at Priestfield was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, you you uh, you obviously coming up. You coming up right back, I believe. Um, yeah, so I reckon yeah, that's, that's, it. My, that's the game in my career. I probably played them where I was the most injured I've ever been and played in the game. So yeah. I was obviously injured. I'd been out, and but Jack Evans had been doing a great job. Young lad thrown in. Not, so many injuries we had. And I remember I trained on the Friday and it, it didn't feel great, but manager said, listen, I need you for a bit of experience on the bench. And if you if you come on for 20, I was like, yeah, I'll be able to do it. I'm always up for it. And then I remember five minutes before half-time, he looked at me and went, can you do 45? And I was like, yeah, I'm bang up for it. He went, just go on right back. Just keep the, the guy, I think it's Barkhausen, when it left me yes. having an absolute world. He was like don't get forward, just stay in there, keep him quiet and we'll get goals. And that was that was the team talk I got. And then I went out and scored two goals from right back. So I obviously <laughs> did <laughs> I remember Hess's I remember Hess's um press conference after the game and he almost looked like he not enjoyed it. Um he, because he, he was absolutely fuming at our defending, I think. <laughs> it was awful. Some of the defending was awful. Even me, once I'd scored the I've scored a couple of goals and I was looking for the winner. And then suddenly we've let in and we'd let in three and four. I was like, oh no, we're not even doing we've let in four goals. That's like, oh Jesus, I'm bombing on down the right wing, injured. But it ended up working. And when Gav put in that the fifth, well, I couldn't believe I couldn't even run to the corner. I was knackered. When he played hard. Did, did did it sort of sum up our season in sort of a, a game, Charlie, that we were such a threat going forward, but we, we, yeah, we just were laughable sort of at the back at times. Yeah, it, it, it got to a point where you just thought, what, what? <clears throat> again, I always say, I just felt so sorry because what we couldn't set up as just sitting there and defending. We just, we let in goals. We was, we had so many, we had people so injured all season. We relied on people that were injured the whole year. It was incredible. Like people having to come back from injury, go in, it the luck we had there was so bad, especially in defence. We had Kingy just trying to play as much as he can. Gal, like some, just everyone tried to be fit as much as they could, but it didn't work. But going forward, we always kept people 
we always had people who could score. So it was just one of those things. I think I, I dread to think how many different um, variations of back four we played that season. Yeah, Simon King was a like on his day a ridiculous player, wasn't he? Yeah, he was so good, but he just that season was <clears throat> it was hard. It's hard because he was trying so hard and he'd have half an hour of being brilliant and you could just see he was in agony. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You talk about Hess. Um, obviously, he didn't <clears throat> he didn't completely leave because um, obviously in the summer of summer of twenty twelve, um, Martin Allen arrived, um, and it was the start of something special. Um, obviously, I've been to the Legends Nights that, that I, I went to the last one that obviously I met you and and Danny um, and and Martin was there and 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 you could see straight away that he he still sort of sees you. As these players, um, yeah. and and I know you and Danny were sort of calling him Gaffer all evening. Um, it's that sort of the relationship you still got with Martin. Is that is that just that sort of just level of respect that what he what he did for you? Yeah, he, he's just in, what we worked out very quickly is he is a bit crazy, but every for a reason he like. Everything he does, he wants to get the best out of the players around him. And out of it, he brought in some really key players as leaders. And we, and, he all, and we managed to keep great players that we had. And we did have really good players at Gillian when he came in. And when we went to Latuka, I'm not, we knew coming back, we was like, listen, whatever happens this season... I don't want to play. I wouldn't want to play against us because we're going to be... We knew going into that first game that teams are not going to want to play us because we're going to do anything we can to win. We yeah. will foul sometimes, but we'll just go again. Relentless, that's what the team were. And we knew that from coming out. And that was because our leader, the gaffer, was relentless in everything he did. Yeah, obviously, Martin, he, he's got sort of a, a reputation of just keeping clubs up. It was always it, he always took jobs to keep us up. But when he took our job, I, I'd always I'd, I'd always sort of wanted Martin Allen as, as a fan just because he's, of his reputation. You as players, when you started first sort of hearing the rumours of Martin Allen and, and everything else, what was sort of your take on it? Um, did you have sort of opinion, or was it quite kind of open minded? Let's see what happens. I I was at first I was. <clears throat> I was. I weren't really. Pl- I felt I wanted Hess to stay. I, I that was my when he went, and then and then suddenly, and I I remember sitting in the change room saying to people, "We've let him down there. We let the manager down because you never know." I've been in change rooms. We lost Darren Ferguson, and we had a procession of managers at Peterborough, and it didn't quite work. And like, you don't know who's coming. It's not always better. We can do well, and then you and then you worry. Then you hear all the names linked with the names and. So many get thrown out, and although we knew Martin Allen was a possibility, he could he was one of probably twenty names that gets thrown around in the changing room or in the little WhatsApp groups and stuff that we was doing. And then when he, when he got named, you just think you just all started talking about everyone knows the Martin Allen story or someone who's played for him, and you just and then it was a bit of like the anticipation of going back to pre season to see like oh is it going to be as crazy as everyone says it is. And you almost said, I was a little bit, not not scared, but I, I always back myself to to be in the team. I always think managers going to, I always think back myself, like, if, if you let me play, I'll get in your team. 
but you you do you do worry that you're, you're going to clash with a new manager and i remember after the first week you just knew we had a week of just doing running but the way he was he's so relaxed he used to sit on his chair lean back while we were running and you just thought oh this guy's going to be it's going to be brilliant yeah yeah what was the first do you remember the first chat like do you remember the initial sort of meeting with martin what was what was it oh it was it, it was the same it, and he kept it all the way through his meetings were hilarious sometimes he meant them to be hilarious sometimes he didn't they were serious but you just could you, you just laugh because he's the way he does it and but the, as I got older, I look back and even some of the weirdest meetings you have, including the first one, and you just think he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. Like, and I'd, I've, I've probably told you this story. Like, Still to this day, I think we had that incredible start where we had, like I don't know, 30 points after 12 games or something stupid. You'll probably know more what we had, but we didn't lose many in the first. <laughs> I mean, in and wrote a number, it was like 128 on the board and said, that's how many points we're going to get this season. And we all started laughing and he went ballistic. He was like, well, what are you all doubting? You're saying we can't do it. He said, well, tell me one team that we can't beat. And we was all sitting, and we walked out of there thinking, I literally walked out of that meeting expecting to get 120 points. And then when I spoke to him later on, he's like, no, nah, I knew we'd get nowhere near. We'd run out of energy because I run you too hard. But I just hoped if we had so many points, we'd cruise over the line at the end like we did. And I was just <laughs> knew in that moment that our issue was going to be we ain't, didn't have a big squad. He did work us really hard that we might have some tough games at the end where we drop points. But hopefully we'd have just done enough to cruise over. And it worked mm -hmm. exactly like that. Yeah, you obviously had an unbelievable team behind him. Um, obviously, John Schofield was was his assistant. Um, James Russell, who's still there today, I, I speak to James all the time, um, yeah. and he, he, he yeah absolutely loves talking about talking about the times and, and whatever else. Um, was that key to Martin's sort of recipe that he had that unbelievable team behind him and around him to sort of keep his message going? I suppose. Yeah, definitely. That they were all. He knew. He knew. He had staff. And to be fair, the fans bought into it really quickly, but he had staff and players who would, like he would, would run for the, the proverbial brick wall for him. They would do anything for him. And he was, what he did is he managed to keep a squad of 16, 17 players. You don't keep everyone happy, but the 17 probably players that he trusted the most, he kept them happy all season, even when they weren't playing. I remember we had that thing where Jack, Jack Payne would play at home and then we'd go away and he'd put, Steven or Monty and he never played Jack at some of the way games he didn't trust him defensively but he might, he kept them both happy he kept everyone happy and everyone just thought oh if I'm not playing it's no problem I'll come on and make a difference so yeah did, that... you, did, did you ever think like I mean the amount of times that he changed the team throughout the season it was ridiculous and we were all sitting there thinking my god like what team is he going to play today like did, did you ever think as players like my position's not safe or was it a case of he'd explained it so well that everyone was just like, yeah, it's fine. Like, we know our roles. Oh, it got a bit weird because even for me, I started the I started the first 11 games until I got injured against Southend and then I had about six weeks out. Um, I started it, but I started about six different positions. Left mid, right mid. I played at 10. I played holding midfield. I started one game at centre-half. 
And I'd always done that at Peterborough for myself. So I was used to it. But a few other the players weren't. They was like, what is going on? Like, and he, he would pick teams for... And it was all specific teams for certain for certain games. And at, by the end, by, you'd go to get near to Christmas and you didn't really care what he did. Like, if he'd have put me in goal, I'd have been like, yeah, let's go. Let's have a go. I'm up for it. At the start, it was a bit get, weird getting used to it. Like we'd set up games where it'd be like Welts right back and he, the whole game he just hits Diags to meet left midfield to head it. And you'd be like, what's he doing that for? And then you turn up and the right back's five five foot three and all we're doing is hitting Diags onto my head. So it made sense. So we bought into it pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, the front... Yeah, I mean, let's let's go for the team. I mean, Stu Nelson, he was, he was an unbelievable character. Um, I remember you two were always just up to no good and just playing tricks and everything else. What was he like to have as a teammate? I had, I had, I had him. I'd known Nels for years. I had him at the end of my career at Yeovil as well. Really, just an incredible guy. He was, a, he was an absolute pure athlete as well. His body he looks like the old men's health guy. <laughs> but I, w- I wouldn't want to spend one day in his body though. He's, 24 hours a day, he has to focus on that. <laughs> he, he needs to go and eat an Oreo or something. You know? but, <laughs> then, we uh, got, then we got then we got Fish. Uh, he was... Yeah. That season. It was a joke, wasn't it? I didn't, I didn't know he was that... Uh, he, he didn't... Fishy, not, nothing really stood out about him that he was going to be that strong for us. And bloody hell, he was good. Yeah. He was man of the match about 10 times that season. <laughs> Where did it come from? I have no idea. No one. <laughs> and the no. goal. Um, he doesn't ever shut up about the goal, does he? No, he never shuts up. The thing is, he used to do that in training weirdly. He couldn't even kick a ball. Suddenly he'd bang it in the top corner. <laughs> the centre halves. Yeah, obviously, Leon didn't. I'm pretty sure I'm right in thinking Leon didn't actually arrive until January. Is yeah, that right? He, yeah, he was later. Yeah. But, but we had a good experience at the back. <laughs> We had obviously Skipper and Framo, and we just had people, and we had good young centre halves who were willing to step in when they needed to. So we were strong defensively. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel like I feel like sort of Adam Adam Barrett sometimes sort of goes underneath the radar a little bit from Jules fans. I I I know he it skippered us for quite quite a few few years and games and whatever else um but for me I, I did he did he ever get sort of the praise technically he de- he deserved I don't think so because I I, I think for me technically as uh, as well as heading it I, I thought he was superb that season what 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 did you make of of Adam well if if you want to know what he did, we, we wouldn't have got promoted if we didn't have him. He was that crucial to us. You got to think we, he's he come into a team that we were we had good defenders, but we were defensively frail. We let in too many goals, and he just put in there and he single-handedly told everyone what to do defensively to a point where we were teams knew they weren't going to score goals against us, or at best they was going to score one, and that was because of him and the gaffer. Simple as, yeah. Everyone, he said, being in front, being mid centre midfield in front of the skipper was so easy. Yeah, yeah. Then obviously, yeah, Leon, um, Leon and Framo, um, both both experienced guys. They were they were unbelievable, both of them. 
Um, was Leon sort of when he arrived, and then I'm pretty sure he scored on his debut um, as well. Um, yeah, the both. Yeah, when Leon arrived, was it sort of this is the final piece of the jigsaw? Yeah, it. it yeah, we, we was we was good in a good place, but you just thought teams were by that point. By the time he come, they were like, right, we're going to pick our biggest, strongest team to play against these because you have to you have to match them physically and aerially because they're going to dominate us. And then suddenly we brought in Leon. I remember lining and he just repelled everything. He's an absolute magnet to the ball. He blocked everything. He headed everything. And I looked at times where we was like 11. We'd be in a team of 11 and I'd be the only one under six foot. And I, one of my strengths was heading. So I remember taking corners that year. My whole career, I was the main threat for set pieces except Gilling in that season where I took the corners because I was so many people that could edit in. Frightening amount of height. And yeah, people... but that's probably, probably why we did so well, Charlie, wasn't it? Is that physic, as well as our technical ability, physically and height-wise, we just dominated teams big time. I love being home because we'd sit in the, the tunnel area, uncovered, the fans had already, by this point, they was really in. We were getting great numbers of fans there. And we stood in that tunnel... And we just scared the life out of teams. I Could you feel do... it? Could you feel oh, it yeah. when you were standing in the tunnel? I do this thing I did my whole career. I would turn around and face the, the team as they walked out. And I'd try and joke with them or point out saying they've got and like, distract them and try and be friendly with them. And they would look to it. And every week I'd get into them a bit. And that they'd look at me and go... And someone would say, Jesus, you've got a big team. And you know, I'd go, and I'd shout, oh, we've got another team. They're scared of us. We'll have to put a few more. I'll be putting a few more long throws in today. And I could see in their faces that they was like, yeah, we've been working on that. We're ready for it. Don't worry. And they just couldn't handle it. No way. That That's mad. That is mental, isn't it? That like an opposition player would li- turn around and go, Christ, you lot are, you lot are massive. Like that, that straight away, mentally, you're like, well, we've, we've, we've cheers. We've won the game. Like, oh yeah, no worries. It, it, it. I reckon five, six, seven times. I we was talking to players in there. You probably know someone on the other team, or somebody knows someone, or I've played against or with, and I'd go, yeah, we're big, aren't we? Or or a big team, and they go, yeah, you use like a massive, and I'd be like, yeah, don't worry. Let's see how you defend my long throws then, and instantly you can see them. They start laughing. Some of them pretend they're up for it, but. Nobody, even me, I, you, you don't want team who can physically dominate you. And we did it to teams every week. Because like, we talk about, obviously, Priestfield being being one of those places that is extremely daunting for, for teams. And you've seen our home record this season under Neil Harris. It's that second half of the season, it's been an absolute joke. Like the, the, the home record, the home record under under Martin was, was also ridiculous. Um, is 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 that what Priestfield is? Do you feel that that when you're standing in that tunnel and you're looking out towards the rainy end and you can see it packed and you can already see it sort of bubbling and it's and it and you can hear the hear the singing and the music going off? Can is it a place that you think, yeah, this is this is we've already got it mentally because of these guys? A hundred percent, we knew it. And we, we we were so good that season scoring early goals. We'd score early goals and that's it. The, the the just the feeling in the stadium is like we we used to come out second half we'd be three 0 up we've done it so or two 0 up so many times 
the fans, that's it then. When you get to New Orleans there, you weren't getting us. The fans were up and that's it. Every time we got a set piece, it become a bit of a like, oh, good luck yeah, dealing with this. And you could feel it and everyone loved it. And we just, we just carried, carried, in the end it carried us through because we run out of legs a little bit. We didn't have a big squad of people that the gaffer relied on every non-stop, every week. We, people got injured. We had a few older bodies. So that's what got us through in the end, just pure fans and players just buying into it. And that's what got us to the league. Yeah, obviously, yeah, Joe Martin, Stephen Gregory, a, a couple of names. Stephen went completely underrated that, that year, but he hit the diag to, to Keds to get us promoted. So he didn't do too bad, did he? <laughs> he? He played really well. We relied on so much away from home where we went a little bit bit more defensive. Just Painey at that point was useless away from home. And then he ended up, he ended up turning into a really good defensive midfielder, but... When he was young, he was still really young then. He'd be a great at getting on the ball. And we played, used him at home. And in a way, we would go with um, Steve or Charlie just in there running. And and it worked a treat all season. Yeah, obviously then Danny and Dion. I mean, what, what a partnership. Well, that was the one. I, I know me and Keds told you when we was at that the evening and a few people I remember when Dion when we had fought back Dion coming in, we knew we needed a, another striker. Birch, he got injured and he'd done it the year before. He'd done his ACL and we knew he was going to be struggling. We had a couple of, but we thought, oh, we need one more striker. And then someone said, Dion Burns is going to come. And I, I remember thinking, nah, he's, he, he's old now. Like, is he what we want? We've got a lot of older players. We need a young, quick, get in the box finisher. That's what I was thinking. Well, I take it back because. He was crapping, raining Dion, but oh my God, he was unplayable in games some weeks. He used to just just be useless in training all week. And then when it comes to the game, he'd just be, he would beat up defenders, be in the box, score goals, headers, and he's exactly what we needed. Wow. Wow. And then obviously, yeah, he comes under, under, under the radar a little bit, but Antonio German, <laughs> he's not spoken about, is he? Um, but yeah, speak, speak about Antonio. Oh, he's a character. I never knew what to what make of him. He was uh, he was one of them. He's a player that I don't know. I don't. You just always he always had something going on in his brain. He overthought everything. He and it, but he had he had so much ability. He had so much ability. I, I I don't know what he's doing nowadays. I hope everything's good with him. But he, he had so much ability. He should have had an an amazing career and probably didn't hit the heights he should have because of the amount of ability he had. And then obviously Martin speaks about a certain Mr. Bradley Daft. I remember him telling us a story about um, when he first came in, he obviously taking you lot to France um, and they needed one more. And, and, uh, and yeah, they went, they were going down the names and, and they said like, Oh yeah. Like you said about Bradley Daft and, and the youth team went, yeah, we, we were probably going to release him. Like if, if you want or whatever. And, yeah, how many goals did he get for the for the youth team? And it was like twenty or plus. And he was like releasing him. You're having a laugh, yeah. you know? And he ended up coming. To, I think he ended up coming to France with you in the end. Um, yeah, he come. but but Daki, yeah, he's. I, I think for me, with without his injuries, it it had been in the Premier League, hundred percent. He was incredible, and he he was one of them. 
nowadays, unfortunately, the game is a bit different the way you come through. There's there's obviously rules and and rightly so that probably youth team players have to get treated a lot differently to when I was a youth team player and predecessor. But he had that grit and determination built in him. He was a lunatic, actually. He got sent off and booked every week in the youth team. So he was a throwback to when I was a youth team because I got booked every week. At, like, And he, he'd get in and he'd come in and you know, I'd have hours a weekend for the youth team. Yeah, yeah I scored two, but I got sent off. And he'd be like, you just knew he had that. He'd come up and train and he'd, he'd be messing around him and George would be messing around all the time. And then when it got into the game, he, he's willing to take on willing to smash that like, I would just boot him all the time I'm telling you people would have, would have probably told you a lot about me I I weren't always the nicest in training it was how I played I, I if I kicked people in games I kicked you in training and I obviously got into a lot of trouble a lot, a lot in my career and like, I would literally just boot him so hard because he's a young and and he just he just come back every time give as good as he got and that's just how it, and, and that's how you knew he was going to end up being a pro. He was ready for the men's game. Yeah, I mean, I, I know you obviously did the chat with with you and Danny, um, and you spoke a little about about the stories and what and whatever else. Is there anything that anything little or or big stories wise that that you can sort of tell us from the year that maybe you haven't said on camera yet that you can you can you can give us? I don't know. I probably have said all of it to be honest, but. <laughs> There, there were just so many. Oh, I think the Jules fans probably would know all the Martin Ansors, but like, they were just never... I think the first two days in the 2K, and we was doing... We was, it, Martin Allen asked us if we can all help. Do you reckon we can hold our breath for a minute? Yeah, well, can you plank for a minute? Yeah, OK, well, let's plank underwater in the sea. So we had to try and plank underwater in the sea. And the thing is, we had in the 2K, there's so many of these people. And we knew uh, one of the young lads nearly drowned. And, and, and we always joke about it and saying it. But he generally got pushed out out of his depth. And he's just, he just thought, these are it's insane. But it, that stuff, this is 6am in the morning after a run. And you just thought, and then uh, you look back and you just think, all these times that he's got us to do these ridiculous things. He was just making sure we was, we was, we was up for it. Because he knew if we was willing to do that, it would do anything. And, yeah, I can't even remember who it was. But, yeah, we nearly lost the player for day one in 2K. <laughs> in a lot different season if that would have happened. 100%. 100%. Um, when did you feel that in, in the season, when did you feel that the title is ours? Was there a moment that you sort of all sat down as a group and you just went, yeah, yeah, this is this is the turning point. This is when we've probably done it. Yeah, well, to be honest, we, we were a confident group. So after the first few results, you thought, yeah, this is, we're going to be a tough here. Like just, and then I, I just mentioned it earlier on, we had that meeting and the gaffer was like, we can get 128 points, yeah. I think. You just thought, do you know what, why not? It was, I think we was on like 30 points at that point after uh, you might be able to look back after 12 or 13 games or maybe a couple more and you just thought, we've got loads of games left. And then the famous story, he put 90 points up on the board and he put 90 points and then Benidorm next to it. And every time we got points, he'd rub it out, put 87. And every, every time we won a game, 
we'd all get brave and we'd rub out Benidorm and put Vegas and then we'd come back in here on Monday morning and it would be 72 Benidorm. So he changed it every Monday, he'd be in before us and change it back. We changed it every week. We'd change it to a different venue because we weren't, we're not going to Benidorm. Let's go somewhere. And then, and then we won the league, went Benidorm. It was an unbelievable <laughs> Um Yeah, yeah. I think well, we were we we were given a question, Charlie, um, from from people that listen to us, and and correct me if I'm wrong. During that season, weren't there one game that you ended up getting yourself knocked out? Then you played. Then you then you come back on. Then you went down again. Then come back on again. <laughs> Surely it's against all scientific rules that. You shouldn't be doing that, but explain what happened. Well, this was before concussion protocol, obviously. Obviously. And, uh, but don't worry, all all the physios and doctors were trying to get me off. They weren't. They weren't. But back then, you could still overpower the physio, and uh, so basically, I the balls come over my head. I followed it over, and as I've gone to head it, as in to head it on, the I think it was York York player nicked in front of me, and I just. Clean. It was a clean headbutt to the side of his head. Both knocked out instantly. I don't. I only remember that because someone's described it to me. I don't remember any of that. Right. I'm going. At, all I remember is coming around and physio come on. He said, and I said to him straight away, "This is no joke." I said, "Lynn's put the sandwiches in the fridge." That's how <laughs> I knocked. Said, and to this day we still we laugh about it because I I'd been talking to my wife a week before about the kids lunches or something and that must have come back to me and then straight away about 30 seconds later he was like no listen we need to get you off but I come I come to I sort of knew what was going on and then he did all the questions what's the score I knew what the score was I knew what the time was in the game I come I sort of like and that's it but I, I was like I'm not coming off I was like I'm, and we'd had three subs we'd made three subs I was like listen you can say all you want there's no way I'm coming off so I went off to the bench and Martin said, you can't go on. I've been told you can't go on. And by this time, I, I was sounded nothing wrong with me. Martin was like, he, didn't say, he, he, sounds like he, he sounds like he's fine. I was like, Gaffer, let me go back on. So Gaffer went, listen, if you're all right, go back on left midfield. Stay right near bench. So I went back on left midfield. And as soon as I went back on, I was running around. I was like, I, I was like, kept vomiting in my mouth. So oh. I, was, I was vomiting in my mouth and just spitting it out onto the pitch. <laughs> I was, and all their players against me, you can't, I was like, no, I'm fine. But like, and then the ball come over and I went to head it and just completely missed it. It went out for a throw. I think I remember that. <laughs> I literally went, it was like my thing, like hit the diag, head it down. Like, I went to head it, missed the ball. It went out for a throw, I nearly fell over. And the gaffer went, he said, so pulled me off. He said, no, you've got to come sit down. You're not right. And then I was going to him, let me on. Just put me at striker. I'll just run around. And he was like, the physical and don't let me on. I was like, Gaffer, I'm fine. So I just went on at striker and I absolutely smashed someone because I was about two, three seconds late to a tackle. Got yellow card, managed to get through the rest of the game. And then on the way, I drove home on my own and everything. Like, nowadays, you just wouldn't, it just wouldn't happen. Nah. And to be fair, physio and doctors, they was doing all they can to get me off. But back then, I, I, was, I was taking it into my own hands. I just wanted to play. I don't think anyone's heard that story, so uh, so that's a that's a bit of an exclusive for us. Yeah. <laughs> Christ, oh my! That was the that was the night that Cody sort of rocked rock back up. 
um, on on loan and, and scored, weren't it? I think. Don't remember. Don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember. <laughs> I, I, although the the sad thing is, which is poor, that I'm pretty certain the guy who I headbutted fractured his skull. I'm pretty sure about that next day that I headbutted him square and then he fractured his skull. So it was a real, real nasty uh, head clash. So I, I, I don't even know who it was, unfortunately. I've never really looked. I've never checked. Oh, wow. 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 Okay. Um, yeah. Let's let's fast forward then to 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 Torquay at home. Um, it was yeah, it was. It, we we just needed the three points. We just needed three points to to secure promotion. It was a lovely hot summer's day at Priestfield, um, and everyone sort of expected that that we were going to do it. The smile in your face is it all, Charlie? Just me talking about it. Um, and a long ball from a from a Stephen Gregory diag over the shoulder to. To Jill's heroes, Danny Kedwell, who smashes it in the net to get us promoted. Um, I've described it well enough. You, from a, a a title winning midfielder and a promotion winning midfielder, talk us through that talky talky day. Honestly, I don't. I have had this discussion. <laughs> I literally remember nothing from the game. Every <laughs> year when it goes up, the highlights of the game. I, the only things I know about the game are the goals because I've watched them on the highlights. I remember the warm-up because we'd done some mad warm-up where we was all picking a, the gaffer, another bit of his genius. He knew we was all a bit nervous for this game. Right. So he come and done the warm-up instead of James. And he stood in the middle and said, right, just pick, a, pick an activity. Don't make it. Let's get the fans involved. Make it as stupid as you want. So people are doing like, dancing as one of the and we did and we did it in a circle and instantly it it took all the pressure and made it and i to this day i promise you now i don't remember one minute of the game and yeah. i remember celebrating after like and everything from the final whistle onwards i remember clearly but honestly it could have been any game ever. I don't remember any of it like the the 90 minutes not one minute of it i don't remember i don't even remember the goals what, what was that down to? Why was that? What? How come? I just think we we were so confident he was going to bro. See, it was just like, it was like a matter of time. And the whole way through the game, you're just like, we're going to get, we're going to win this. We're going to, we're going to get, we're going to win the league or before the game, then after the game. And then so much happens. As soon as that whistle goes, so much happens that it just puts the game, you just forget. I genuinely don't remember anything that happened in that game. <laughs> I don't remember the goals apart from watching them back. I've, I remember after. I can tell you some great stories about after the game. Go but... for it. Go for it. Tell us. <laughs> tell us. You've walked into that one now. Tell us. No, I can't. Uh, Go on, do it. You got to. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had some good night. We had some great nights out. Of it. <laughs> yeah. I don't is, really... is that as far as you're going with it? Yeah, the, 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 or the, the away game that we had where we was all in the crowd singing with the fans for the last away game. That was genius. I loved that. That is awesome. Just from then on, the gaffer said, yeah, next week you can have a few beers at the game, get in the crowd, get the crowd, get the chant in. I'm going to play the young lads and I want to hear I want to hear every single one of you starting a chant off. And I was like, nah, this is going to be silly. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I remember being there that day and it was... Yeah. Just a party, and literally, you were sat to the left of us, yeah. And we were just singing your name, we were going like, Yeah, Charlie starts the chant or whatever. And it just uh, 
yeah, it just carried on, didn't it? And it was just a, it was just an just a party. The best thing about that day is Dion got everyone singing, signing him up, signing him up, and then they never gave him a contract. So I thought, yeah, yeah, we didn't do enough, did we? We didn't do no. enough to get him the contract, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even yeah, the the, the type. I mean, we could have won it at Cheltenham. Yeah, we decided to blow it deliberately or not. <laughs> oh, oh, this is what I mean. I don't remember any of them games. <laughs> The Cheltenham one, I don't even remember the score. To this day, the only I remember are the, the ones that were early on in the season. The last, it, We must have just been in autopilot because must if be. you ask me tell you the score of the Cheltenham game, I couldn't even tell you. And I can't remember the goals of the Torquay game except when I watch them back. <laughs> is, that the same, is, that, is that the same for the Wimbledon game, for the title winning one? Yeah, yeah. honestly. Like, oh, yeah, sorry, the, the, the Wimbledon one. What did I say? The the Torquay no. one, Cheltenham one, yeah. No, even the Wimbledon one. That's what I was talking about. The Wimbledon one when we, uh, I don't even remember the goals. I, honestly, until I watch them back, it's crazy. <laughs> they passed me back early on in the season. I'll tell you, play for play, ninety minutes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow. I, I must be something to do with anticipation of, and just remembering so much more either side of the games that it makes the the, the games all fade out. Yeah, I remember. I remember Danny's like. Obviously, you've watched goals back, and you can see Danny's celebration for the for the Wimbledon one. And I love how he just gives the little arm to the Wimbledon fans, as if he, if as if he somewhat cares. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he didn't. I tell you, he didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we if we sort of calling us up later saying I did care, and I've I've watched your podcast with Charlie, and I did care. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, that Wimbledon game. I mean, you obviously don't remember the game, but the celebrations after, I've seen the photos in the changing room. It looks yeah. messy as anything. Was it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I, it was so good because everyone just was, and the gaffer was so buzzing. I'd never seen, I'd been lucky that I'd had really had three promotions in my career before this one. And I just, the, the happiness in that change room was un, unrivaled any time my career. There was just so many people that were just desperate to get promoted and and being the champions as well was just incredible. Everyone speaks about the player of the year night as well. That it got yeah. somewhat a little bit just <laughs> and Martin especially. Yeah, it was I turned up completely battered to that. So <laughs> what you were already pre-drinking. Oh, as, well. Battered when I got there, yeah. Well, I'd been on it for three days straight, I think, at that point. So what? Where did you end up going? Did you did you end up going to Benidorm or not? Yeah, we went Benidorm. Oh, you end up going to Benidorm in the end? Yeah, we went Benidorm, and then now that was some stuff. <laughs> I'll tell you them privately then once. Yeah. <laughs> is there is there anything that can be told on the podcast? What happened in Benidorm? Yeah, so well, the one thing I can say, the gaffer won't mind me saying it. We, we had a, we had every morning. We had to be at the bar at ten a.m. Right. So ten a.m. till I think we had, we set the rule. You had to be together ten a.m. till two a.m. or something every day. If you weren't there, you got there was punishments. It was just all a bit of a laugh, really. Yeah. And 
day one, day one, we're all sitting there, everyone drinks staff, everyone, like no, no one separate. We're all drinking, Gaffer is battered. <laughs> so, <laughs> his room. There's about four of us took him up to his room. This is about tw two o'clock, so we've only been out for a few hours. Fast forward four o'clock, two hours later, Gaffer turns up, he's had two hours sleep, come back out, starts drinking. Three hours later, so battered, we had to take him to his room again. <laughs> so we've twice already the same day. It's about what, half ten, eleven o'clock at night. We've gone out into the town at night. Gaffer's turned up, so he's been to bed. He's been to bed, got drunk, got on, gone back to bed three times in one day. Because <laughs> he wasn't a big, he wasn't a big drinker. Like, he wasn't, but he was. He just threw himself into it, and yeah, we had to put him to bed a couple of times and. He always kept coming back out. It was it was genius. Who was the biggest character? I can imagine you were one of them. No, I was quite quiet compared to everyone else. Um, no, nah, we had some. We had some characters in there. They, who would have been the worst? Keds. I reckon Keds. Well, we all know Keds. You know we I mean? all know Keds. <laughs> the, probably, do you know who was the best on that? The, the, the skipper. Yeah, I've still got, I've got a picture of him. We're sitting in a bar. He's got goggles on and a what are they called? The you know the snorkel. He's yeah, got a snorkel, and they're just pouring beer into it while he's drinking it through a snorkel, thinking, "Oh, he'll stop in a minute because he'll have to breathe." <laughs> pint after pint after pint. His goggles are filled up with beer, so he can't even see his eye. <laughs> and after a while, he's like, "Dad, how was you doing that?" He's like, "I was breathing." I was breathing. I had. I kept. I had a little bit of a gap, so I was breathing from my nose, nose, and drinking through my mouth. I could have done it all. <laughs> wow. Okay. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. Um. Yeah. Let's let's fast forward to to the um to to the summer then. Um. We've obviously all spoken when when you Danny, you and Danny come back and, and Martin as well that you come back to the training ground. You had no tracksuits. The grass was overgrown. It was an absolute shambles. You laugh about it now, but you must have been pretty, pretty pissed off at the time. <laughs> well, at the, the very first time it happened, we laughed because we was like, oh, this is funny. Like, it, But just assume it gets sorted. But then it goes on a bit longer and still nothing's getting sorted. And then I got a call from the, the chairman to say that I was no longer needed at the club. And I was like, I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? We just got promoted. I played 40-odd games. Or He's like, yeah, well, we basically, we brought you in to get as part of our promotion look. But he goes, you're one of the biggest earners. We, you've got to go. And I was like, I, was, I rung the gaffer up and was like, gaffer, I've got to go. He went, yeah, I spoke to him. Just, there's nothing I can really do about it. But so the whole of pre-season, I didn't train once with the first team for about three or weeks. I was linked with everyone. I nearly went south at South End, and then it, and then I remember the week before the season, I'd been training with Pato and the reserves playing. I had not played one. I don't think I played a pre six pre season fixture. I might have come on a few times or something. And then the gaffer rung me on the Monday before the first game. And he went, "So what's happening? Are you going or what?" And I went, "I don't think so. I think I'm staying." He went, "Good. You're training with me today, and you're start of the weekend." So. <laughs> That's, that is Martin Allen all over, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and that's it. I, so I went, I literally turned up for a promotion 
we had promoted and then I was told them, yeah, we don't need you next year. And I was like, what? We need you off the wage bill. So that was it. I was like, I thought, that's it, I'm gone. And then, yeah, and then when, when the gaffer went, new manager come in and he said, I, I heard you've, you're, we need you out. I was like, yeah, apparently so. So I was like, but I think I'll be here till the end of the season. I told him and then, yeah, I was. And I was absolutely gutted that whole season after League One. I was like, so devastated. Everything is that we... Is it still sort of a... Is it still sort of a bit of taste in, in in your mouth, a bit of bit of pill to swallow almost? Yeah, um, I, yeah. Especially now when we have got we've got a group from the promotion year, and we just and I just thought if we'd have kept that same team together, and we'd have had a really good season the next season. Same. I know we started off bang average, but we had everything stacked against us, and I I, I still to this day I don't think we ever moaned about it publicly until it all fell through. I don't think anyone knew what was going on. We kept it quiet. We just dealt with it. And if we'd have had a good pre-season, we'd have really pushed. But we'd, yeah. we'd have pushed for a top half, maybe even a, a, a playoff place, I think, with a couple of people brought in. Yeah. Yeah, we never knew as fans. We never knew sort of as fans what was going on. We sort of heard rumours about yourself that you were sort of being pushed out the door and, and, mm. and whatever else. And, and we were like, what the what the hell's going on here and and it was crazy for us because we were sort of on a on a come down from winning the league and we're like yeah great we can have a right good crack at it in league one and 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 all you boys can play in that and whatever else and then did did martin add as well as he could in the summer probably not but his hands no. his hands were probably tied yeah. um knowing knowing what obviously happened to you and then just sort of then then injuries happened and whatever else and then yeah, Martin, and obviously, yeah, still to this day, being being sacked two months into the season after winning the league is just an absolute joke. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys must have just been absolutely devastated when when he when he he he, he come and said said goodbye. Yeah, it was all it was an awful time because was we we'd, oh, like we sort of, we sort of knew things weren't. Rosy between, well, I don't know, the, the manager and the club. We we didn't know really that, but at no point did we ever think there was a chance of him going. We weren't even in that bad a position, really, at the time. I can't remember where we sat in the league, but it's not as if we was ever in doubt of being relegated. It didn't even, and, and that was with a shambolic pre-season. You just thought that that can't be. And then when it all come around, it happened so quickly for me. This could happen to he's gone. And you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, awful. And to be fair, the, the players ended up sitting, but at first it was almost like, how can we, who, who's going to, how can we play for anyone after what, what's come in? He just felt, but you've got him because you're players and you're, you're representing the club, not the manager. So we ended up having an okay finish to the season and, and and I was just I'm just glad that when I left, Jules were in a, when I when I joined on loan for them four games, it it was a real bad time in the history of Jules. That that, that um, not winning away from home in the League Two, and then when I left, they was in a really good position in League One. So that always helped me. I just I loved the club. I loved my my time there, and I knew that when I left, it was in a better position when I started, and that's what you always want. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, obviously, just to just to sort of wrap it up. Obviously, you've probably been keeping a high on uh, an eye on Jules um, this season, Charlie, and and it looked like it looked like for 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 a while it was they were they was they was effectively staring national league in the face, and and obviously the Americans come along and and saved us, and and we're we're in League Two for next year. But yeah, just from an outside point of view, looking in, um, yeah, give us your thoughts on on how you saw Jules at the start of the season. Probably worried. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, give us your thoughts. You you do worry because obviously I'd heard, I, I know the manager, I played with him at Millwall and he's just a great guy. He's a great manager. I remember when, when he first went to Jules, I just thought, I couldn't think of a better fit. He's a, he's a, he's really is a top manager. And then, unfortunately, he's had struggles of getting in players that he wanted. And I know how hard that was for him getting in players and I have no doubt going forward now where it is that like they're in a good place hopefully going in for next year and you just can't you just hope that this 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 season and the last couple of seasons has been a bit of a just a little bit of a down in what's going to be a bright future. Do you think Neil's definitely the right man to take Jill's yeah. board? I have no doubt. I have no doubt. I think you if he gets into players that he wants he has a pre-season. I think you'll see immediate, immediate um, changes, and I have no doubts at all. I still think it's a great fit. Perfect. Yeah, just to tell, just to tell Jules fans, uh, what yeah, what you up to these days, Charlie? Yeah, I'm just I'm working in football over in Australia, and uh, I'm enjoying it. We obviously run like big football tours and camps, and we we're in. I think it's the tier three. In, up in the Gold Coast in, in Queensland. So I, I just love it. The, the place is beautiful. The weather is incredible. And it, my family loves it. Obviously, the, the football stand isn't quite the same as the it is in England, but the lifestyle is, is incredible. And uh, we're having a lot of fun here. We'll probably be back in England at some point. But at the minute, we're just enjoying the, the sun and the, the beach. Oh, I live like five, ten minutes from the sea. So, yeah, it's incredible. What about um, future coaching ambitions in England? Do you, do you think you could see yourself in a in a senior setup one day? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, I've been lucky. I've already had the taste of it. I, I took over as I went to from Yeovil by assistant manager into interim manager. So oh. I, I was taking. I took um, uh, Yeovil and I was in charge on my own. Really, very little support. I had a couple of people, good sports scientists, helping me out, but. It was an amazing time. I loved it. And it was just that little... I feel like the future of me is still probably with kids at the minute. I still think I've got a lot to give when it comes to coaching. But obviously, I'd, I'd love to be a, a, a first-team head coach or a, a first-team coach. And working in football, I, I wouldn't want to do anything different. So, yeah, future the future of my, my life will be definitely in football. Love it. Perfect way to round it off. Uh, yeah, you've been listening... To our title winning midfielder, Charlie Lee, this morning. Thank you. Goodbye.